Hello everyone, my name is Christian. Welcome back to TechPoint. Today our guest is Steve, the Chief Engagement Officer at B2B Rocks. Hello, Steve. Hello, thanks for the introduction. Very nice to have you on the podcast. I'll let you present yourself first. Good. Well, you, you already did a pretty good job. So my name is Steven Lurie. I'm the Chief Engagement Officer uh, with B2B Rocks, uh, which is kind of an online community. And also we have an event over currently in Europe, although we plan on moving it around, around the world. Um, focused on bringing the SaaS community together. Uh, and then I have also another role, which is I work for a company called AppVisor. Uh, AppVisor helps companies find the right SaaS tool, kind of similar to TechPond in many ways, uh, to help improve productivity. And I work for them on, the, on their US market. For anybody that doesn't know, what is B2B Rocks? Great, so B2B Rocks is an online community um, where we're really focused on the SaaS industry. Um, and kind of our our reason to, to exist is we, we literally like the idea of the SaaS industry that, that basically people have the same ideology, have the same skills, have, have the same view of the world around the world. And we think that there's a lot of problems around the world and that SaaSes are one of the best ways to do this. So um, we like the idea. We'd like to make it so that anybody anywhere can create a company um, and be part of something. We think it's important that people feel part of something. Fantastic. And uh, when is your next event? When is B2B Rocks? Yeah, so so we went through the process of rebranding. We, we uh, AppVisor, the company I work for, actually acquired B2B Rocks about two years ago. We rebranded it. And last year, we did a really successful event in, in Montpellier, which was... I was there. <laughs> yes. Nice. Thank you for coming. <laughs> yeah. A really, really unique event because it was outdoors, surrounded by horses yes. and, uh, and a lot of fun. Yeah very relaxing and um so it was i had a sunburn for the event as well like i have today <laughs> and uh so we had a great time and our next event is coming up on september 19th in on 2023 and it's going to be at station f in paris um and so for anybody who doesn't know station f is like a huge incubator in paris okay. um and it's it's kind of like it's like the mecca of startups in france well, so it's so it really is the place to be, and it's it's great to be there. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I think it's the biggest uh, and largest conference in uh, in France, right? The largest SaaS conference in France. Yeah, it is the la largest SaaS conference in France. That's absolutely right. And um, what's interesting about it is last year we pulled for something from something like twenty five countries. Um, so we do do we get quite a bit of international interest. Yep. So the the two kind of biggest economies in Europe are France and Ger French and German economies. Um, so this is a really important one. But we tend to see a lot of German actors there as well, as well as many other countries. So no need to fear the event is an international one, not just for French people. No, and, and also the event is an international event. And just so you know, for the most part, um, the event, most of the presentations and all the communication is done in English. Um, so, you know, English is the language of business. English is the language of SaaS. And uh, French people always sneak off to have their French conversations amongst themselves. But when it comes <laughs> down to the business, it's, it's all English. And, and um, so it's, 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 you know, certainly no one should have any fear about coming, coming to the event and feel like they might be excluded or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But for anybody that wants to uh, try their French, <laughs> it's a great opportunity. <laughs> yeah, the French will love you. So you're, you're more than welcome to try. And, and of course, you know, um, uh, there's... There's also different ways to participate. So, um, you know, there's this is an opportunity both for people that uh, have started SaaSes and, and want to get ideas about how to grow their SaaS better, 
different things like that. Um, but as well, it's also an opportunity for a lot of bigger companies to get a chance to reach out to smaller companies. So um, and you know and get speaking opportunities and talk with those organizations and explain what they do. So there, it's 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 good. It's a good opportunity. Exactly. If you can share with us, maybe you can give us some numbers in terms of uh, attendees, speakers, uh, sponsors, stuff like that. Yeah, that's uh, that's great. Well, uh, some things here. So hold on, let me pull up some. Uh, sure. I know. I know our newest sponsors. For example, we have um, all the classic sponsors you might imagine. Mm -hmm. So for B 2 B Rocks, let me go through a list of sponsors here. So Microsoft, PayFit, SAP. Outscale, LinkedIn, uh, Usign, uh, Chargebee, Scaleway, OVH Cloud. Those are both big uh, European cloud actors. Yep. Uh, and uh, and the list goes on and on and on. Uh, AWS. Uh, so a lot of big companies that are the sponsors. Um, as far as the statistics, so it's it's a single day event. Yep. Um, but I think we're expecting over fifteen hundred. Uh, SaaS and B2B leaders. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and I don't think we'll have any trouble uh, getting those attendees there and getting all the different participants there. And in fact, uh, last year was our first time pulling off the event. And I've, if that was the first for me with putting together an event. And uh, actually, uh, it was a really interesting story. So my uh, CEO gave me a not just a free hand, but he was also really supportive about all the different ideas we had to do this. And so um, we, he, we pulled together this event and we had an amazing effort from the whole team. In many ways, they were working two jobs while, and, while doing that. And, but in the end, because of the first year we were putting together a live event and the event hadn't been in a few years, it was a, kind of a lost leader for us as a business. Yeah. But this year, that's not the case. It's <laughs> going to be fine, So which is, which, is, which is better for everybody considered because that makes it more sustainable effort going forward. So there's one story about that as far as on the creative process. process. The only thing he didn't let me do which is I wanted to do um, kind of a combination Burning Man, mm -hmm. where at the end of the event last year, we burned a giant laptop computer. Okay. But that, but that was the only thing the CEO wouldn't agree to. But <laughs> other than that, he let me do pretty much everything I wanted to do. So it was a yeah. lot of fun. <laughs> I know you put in a lot of effort. Recently, we interviewed Alex, the founder of B2B Rocks. He told yeah. the story of how he started the event, then he sold it to a PE firm. And then uh, advisor acquired it from uh, from that PE firm. And basically, last year in Montpellier was your first event, and we really yes. enjoyed it. So yeah. I know there's a lot of work in <laughs> putting out these 1,500 uh, people coming to to Paris. So yeah, <laughs> we are really excited. Uh, I wanted to to talk more about SAS Radio. I know you are the host there. Yeah, please tell us uh, more about the the. <laughs> Yeah, so it, it, it's a really similar format uh, to what you do. So it, it's just an opportunity to meet um, SaaS actors and have conversations with them uh, and talk with them about what they're working on and how they perceive things. Um, you know, I think when I think about the major opportunities I had for growth uh, coming up, uh, it was really people that I got to listen to and who mentored me and other things. And the great thing about technology now is that um, there's so many opportunities to go listen and hear what other people are working on. Yes. Um, I met with one founder a couple of weeks ago. He's got a really successful SaaS companies 
a SaaS company, they're doing quite well. No employees. It's all him. It's all him, like everything. And you would think it was like a major operation when you look at the company, and it's just him. So um, I think there's so many different ways to skin a cat. Um, uh, Today I was talking with a guy about SEO as well. Uh, and he was talking about return on investment as far, uh, not SEO, I'm sorry, it was social media, talking about revet, uh, return on investment for social okay. media. Okay. Um, and so I just think there's just always opportunities to learn. And I think, you know, I think, you know, book books are great. Um, infographics are great, but nothing beats talking to somebody. And I think that's another reason why these events are so important. Absolutely. And you do them live uh, every week, right? That's right. So we do them live. So we do them live on LinkedIn, uh, and then of course, like you, we record everything. I, uh, I guess live, maybe you got to be careful. You don't swear. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I sometimes also uh, the the couple things I do, which is bad, which is sometimes I speak too much because this really should be the guest that's speaking, <laughs> ideally. Um, yeah. And then and then and and any production mistakes you see immediately, but. So we do it live on LinkedIn every week, but we also have a secondary channel, which is Twitch. So there's no businesses on Twitch. We just thought it would be fun and, and youthful. And so we're going to go on Twitch and we'll see. Uh, occasionally we have some people show up on our Twitch channel, but we'd love, we'd love to see more people on Twitch and, and see more people using it as a live platform. I think it's a great platform. Just it's associated with gamers for better yes. or worse. And so yes. no one's on there. So Yeah, maybe somebody should create a SaaS for the <laughs> live events <laughs> in B2B. Probably there are some, some platforms. Really? It's got to be somebody thinking about it. Yeah. What do you see is the main uh, differentiator between B2B Rocks and other SaaS events happening in uh, all over the world? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, I, the, the big differentiator between B2B Rocks, well, um, I guess I guess maybe our, our event is, uh, you know, Europe is, is, is remarkably provincial. Um, so we like to think of B2B Rocks as an international brand, mm-hmm. but we're probably more uh, focused on France and Germany. And then there's there's other brands that are focused on other regions like other SaaS stock, which has more UK focus. Um, there's another brand that's focused more on Northern Europe. Yep. So so it's kind of it's kind of like a maybe a little bit more of a regional focus, if mm-hmm. anything else. So they're not competitors. Yeah, I, I I mean I went to like you I went to SaaS Talk last year. It's, and it's I mean I, your partners I would now. <laughs> go to, yeah your partners with SaaS Talk as well. And so you know there's there's a a word I like competition. Okay, which is kind of a mix of cooperation and competition. And there's no reason why you can't compete and also be uh, and cooperate at the same time. Um, and uh, it, it's worked for me historically. And, and I think these events, I don't even see them as competing because um, a lot of uh, these organizations are really hungry for these events. So I don't think they see that as a problem either. Exactly. Um, and, and I think also the other thing is that increasingly because SaaS has become such from like a day one international business now for the bigger houses, not for everybody. Some people are small, focused on smaller niches, but for the bigger people, I think they're really interested to go see what's different in each, each region and kind of see yep. what's, what's going on. And for me personally, it's a great joy to go visit uh, Sweden for an event, Germany, France, uh, UK, uh, Portugal, uh, yeah. Ireland. So I think a lot of people are really enjoying it. And if you get one event a month, uh, <laughs> I think it's fantastic. And as you said, there's a lot of uh, uh, ask. So yeah. 
no no need to, to compete with uh, with others <laughs> so you had yeah. a great answer i wanted to yeah, ask agree. you totally uh, when did you join the the company when did you join advisor so i can't remember the exact dates uh it was two summers ago i joined You'll have to excuse me. Uh, I badly injured my hand when I joined, so I think I was under a lot of pain medications when I joined the company. So, cool. um, so I can't remember the exact dates, but um, I think uh, I've never had uh, the opportunity to work on such interesting work before, um, and I've never had the opportunity to have such absolute confidence from my CEO before. So the the role I play in the company is kind of mad scientist, mm. um, which is which is great. I, I it's, you know I've been fortunate enough to read a lot of good books and have an education where and, and work for a lot of really interesting companies and also have sales and marketing training and stuff like that. So and the company is a very young company with a great culture of execution. Um, but there are levels to this. Um, and so, you know, I could do things that a young person or think of things differently than a young person does in their 20s. And so they kind of use me in that role. And like when they have something like they're not exactly sure what the take is on that. And and it's great because I love it because I love working with the young people because they give me great energy. Yes. Um, and they also teach me new ways to think <laughs> to, to do things, too. So uh, and um, so and it's great also because you see them take confidence. I was working with a sales girl the other day mm -hmm. and I was like, OK, now she's like, how do I do? And I'm like, well, not so good. In the US, I would have fired you. But since we're in France, we're going to work together and I'm going <laughs> to teach you how to do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and then I saw after, like on her very next call, she closed the deal. And normally it's, it's supposed to take two calls to close the deal. And I just taught her about how to trial qualify and, and how really how to work through that. And then you see this person who like takes flight and hopefully she goes on, starts a company, a company, and hires me in a few years, and um, and then we can keep this thing going. Yeah, it's an amazing uh, feeling that you get. Uh, it's yeah, very fulfilling. So fantastic. Uh, it goes back to what I said about this being a human industry. I mean, yeah. you get to work with people, and I've learned the most from working with really smart people, and and hopefully some people have learned a few things from me. What would you say was your biggest challenge since joining the company? Uh, since joining the company, my biggest challenge has actually been on the personal side. So I, I, so just managing personal responsibilities. I care for my mom, and I had a son that was sick, pretty sick for a year. So I was trying to balance all that while I was doing work. Um, but as on on the business side, uh, really hasn't been an, a big deal for me. Uh, I find um, the culture. I think you know, it's each company has its own culture. Yeah. Um, and I think for, you know, um, AppVisor is a company that was originally headquartered in Montpellier and now we're more distributed. We mostly work remotely. Mm -hmm. um, but I think just the culture of execution and how they organize work and communicate internally for me is like it's superior to any company I've ever been with. Um, and so to get an opportunity to be a part of that and, and it makes me think like someday if I go start my own company, of like how I would do that um and uh how i would organize things and um and the cn the ceo and i are absolutely um polar opposites as far as uh how we think mm -hmm. um and yet it's just so much fun working with the guy um last year at b2b rocks uh, uh, there was a moment where there was a gust of wind that came up and blew one of the tops of one of the stages off and it was the stage I was on. So everybody, like, there was like 100 people on the stage and they all ran off the stage. 
and so I'm sitting there holding the microphone. I get off the stage and I go talk with him and I'm like, I'm like, uh, this could be pretty bad. And he's like, don't worry, we'll figure it out. We got it going. And so when people are calm, cool and collected and, and express confidence in you, um, it's, it's great. It's just great. And, and I think that's, um, that's one of the great things about our industry is, is there's lots of opportunity. So if you can uh, prove yourself, then people tend to give you more opportunity. Thank you for the, the transparency. It's uh, truly appreciated. Yeah. Now I wanted to ask you, what do you think was your most uh, successful go-to-market strategy for promoting uh, B2B rocks? Uh, I think uh, <laughs> it's funny. We did some really crazy ideas on the content side. Mm-hmm. So we asked some people, like, because it's B2B rocks, we're like, what's your favorite rock song? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think I think just the fun thing is, is like, um, you know, some of my favorite uh, marketing strategy recently have very little to do directly with what people are selling. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. There's a company, uh, a B2C company called Poopery. Okay. That sells a spray to cover up odors in their bathroom. Mm-hmm. And they do these little skits where they show how that could be embarrassing. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Yeah. But there's it shows another how, co- to, how to solve yeah. the problem. Yeah, so it, it it does, but it has very, but it's just so cute. And the, and then there's um, I think all these companies like you know, I think the thing about marketing is that the less direct you are, and the less um, the more formulaic you are, the rest that that you stay, um, stayed and blue tie and and shirt that just doesn't work anymore. And you need to figure out what your brand is, and then be true to your your brand voice. Um, and then express that. So with B2B Rocks, when we relaunched the brand, we made an effort. We wanted to have a youthful brand, energy, uh, focus on community. Those were our things, uh, and fun. Um, and so all our social media stuff that we put up on LinkedIn is very much in line with that. Um, and it's, and you know, the asking people about what their favorite rock song is. And um, so so I think it's just it's it's been a very I think we we were authentic. We were true to our brand and true to our voice. And I think that's what's worked pretty well for us. Absolutely. So B two B doesn't have to stand for the boring to boring. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't have to be boring. I think yeah. I think business is is really cool. I think strategy is really cool, and I think um, I grew up talking business with entrepreneurs, and and uh, I get to do that for work. So yeah, I'm excited. That was my it. my next question. I wanted to ask you how you started your career and what is your your story. Yeah, so so um, so I grew up. I was really fortunate to grow up in the Bay Area in the '80s, and actually, my family was a test family for some of the first Ataris. Wow. Uh, so back when they had joysticks like this, if everyone can remember that, we were also a test family for the first Apple IIs. Well, wow. um, my brother, who was an entrepreneur, uh, was actually friends with uh, Steve Wozniak. Um, so, so this was really heady time to grow up in the Bay Area, and then we saw tech spin off from that, um, and then uh, eventually we saw SaaS come out for that. And I, of all things, after I finished high school, I decided I wanted to go to study English literature. So I okay. went and studied English literature, and then I was like, okay, I'm getting done with my college degree. I got to go make money. I have a lot of debt on my back. What am I going to do? And I'm like, well, I want to go sell ERP for SAP. Those guys were making like 400000 half a million dollars back in the 90s, which was just gobs of money. And so I decided I wanted to do that and um, ended up uh, cutting my hair, working out, reading tons of books on sales and different things. And uh, the first company I found to hire me in technology, the first software I come to company, I actually went to work as an intern for free, um, okay. and I was managing their email server, uh, buying sodas, <laughs> like 
if a programmer had a kink in his neck, I would go massage it. I would do whatever they asked me. Whoa. And then I, I ended up finding their first three prospects. And we raised $18.7 million from Oak and several other Oak Excel Ventures and several other top tier VCs. And I was like, I went in a few years from being a paid um, intern, uh, unpaid intern, to like making a uh, six figure salary in the US with an English degree. And I ended up being one of their most technical salespeople. Well, so, so I, think, I think that's a testimony to, to the U. Yeah, yeah, I think to our motivation, I think it's a testimony one in the U.S., which we tend to give people more opportunity earlier and like, hey, if you can do it, do it. And I think that's one of the things I like about SaaS in the world and in France, which is more people are getting more opportunities earlier, yes. which is important. Yeah. Um, so that and it's also a testimony to motivation, which is, you know, there is no wrong background to work in technology or SaaS. And interestingly enough, I studied literature, um, which when I went as I moved through sales and marketing and business development in different roles, I started to focus a lot more on communication. But the ability to write, the ability to organize my ideas, the ability to communicate effectively, that will serve you well in any industry. But in, in technology and SaaS, where you've got customer success roles, uh, you know, content, uh, sales, marketing, you know, all those different aspects, uh, you, you know, it's it, those are really useful schools. And you bring a different mindset from other people who have just studied purely marketing or just studied purely uh, another thing. Oh, that's such a great perspective. So bringing in something that uh, others would say it's useful. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. it's uh, yeah, fantastic. And, and that, I mean, that kind of goes back, you know, we're always banging on the diversity drum. Well, why is diversity important? Well, it's because like as a white male guy who lives in Southern Europe, I don't really know about problems in Africa. Only Africans know about problems in Africa. And the solution I might propose to an African in Africa is probably the wrong solution as well. So the idea of diversity is, is you get to a better solution by a plurality of ideas, and then you take the good ideas and you, you, you forge them, you hammer on them, and you come out with the best idea. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's a really interesting time. Um, the Europe market structurally is very different from the, the US market. So what we see in Europe is uh, it's balkanized. So you have smaller markets mm -hmm. uh, than the US market. So you tend to have different types of SaaSes coming out of here. Um, but what we see just generally is that there's a real maturation happening in the marketplace. Um, and you know, from personal experience, I know that uh, unfortunately from crises, that's when we see real growth. And that's kind of what we've seen of, a, of the last, I don't know, 12 to 18 months. Um, and we see kind of the industry is going through a crisis. But it, what's happening is really interesting. So one thing that's happening is we're seeing a whole new crop of companies come out of this. Um, so these companies tend to be, have a more mature vision, um, much more focused on bootstrapping. I think increasingly companies realize that this is the way to go because if you're able to achieve this from a lean model, it really makes sense. And also, the longer you can hold off getting cash to do scale-up activities, or if you can hold off completely, that just puts you in a great position to do this. Um, and uh, so I think from, it's really interesting from a, a startup standpoint, the companies are more mature, 
but I th also think the investors are more mature. Um, and I saw this happen each time. So uh, I'm old enough to have gray hair and, and have to seen a few of these. And so I remember, for example, um, we had the dot-com area mm -hmm. yep. where, where business ideas were not, I mean, there was like petfood.com and that just wasn't a very relevant thing. And, you know, people are like, well, how are you going to make money? And in the end, what, what was interesting is people are like, well, I could just buy pet food at a store. And so we saw the dot-com bus go down. And then there was a kind of a similar thing in 2001 when the economy really slowed down in the U.S. And it, it was a big shakeout. We saw the same thing in 2008, 2009. Um, and, and now this most recent iteration of this. But what's really interesting is, is how the, the market, how the SaaS industry, specifically the SaaS industry, B2B market, continues to mature, continues to evolve. And I think there's another thing which I read about today, which is really interesting, which is there's these companies that are successful, like um, like take unicorns like Revolut out of out of the UK. Um, so they were very successful. So we see what happens is it's now like, I think there's something like 20 startups that have been started by people that were successful at Revolut, learn skills, um, grew their skills dramatically, and then have gone on uh, to do other startups. And I think, that's for me one of the things I like most about the SaaS industry and working in technology. And what I've seen spread, I'm originally from California from the Silicon Valley, and I saw this in the Silicon Valley start in like the 1990s, and then we were talking about it spreading to Austin, Texas. Well, now it's actually gotten to the four corners of the globe. Um, and so what's interesting, this is unique in, in, in human history, and I think this is kind of fascinating, which is we have people on the four corners of the globe, you and I were here talking to this together, and we have very diverse backgrounds, but we have a similar mindset in some ways. Like we've read some of the same books um, and we think about problem solving in the same way. So I think that's really interesting too. And it's kind of interesting because the world has a lot of problems, business problems and you know ecological and every other kinds of problems. And it's great if we can turn people to, to solving these problems. And these people, if they go on, they're successful financially. Um, you know, it's a good industry. Um, then they become good local actors, hopefully, and participate in government as well. I think the other thing too is that what we've seen with all the layoffs, and yep. I don't think the layoffs have hit Europe as hard as the U.S. Quite There's right. a lot more laws that protect people, especially in Western Europe, from layoffs. So it tends to be slower here than the U.S. But what we've seen, there's still been layoffs. But what we've seen with the layoffs is a lot of these people have taken this opportunity to go join other startups. Um, and I think it's just good for people to change or go do startups. Absolutely. Uh, themselves. So it's a really exciting time. Um, and and uh, Europe, I mean, this year the, the statistics are out for 2023 and uh, the UK investment is down. But for the most part across Europe, investment is flat with the exception of France and a few other countries where investment is actually up. Um, but this tends to be on the earlier end on the startup scale. Um, because once startups get bigger, then they tend to go to the U.S. where it's just so much bigger. You know, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. So, <laughs> so, so that always attracts people. Absolutely. So, so it's a really interesting time. Um, and then I think the other thing that's been really interesting that I've seen over the last couple years um, is been, you know, we went through this period of COVID um, and now we're all learning to work remotely. I think it's uh, it's probably a shift, an easier shift for young people to work remotely because I I, I think they're just more used to it, and, and elder people just have a harder time. <laughs> As we age, it gets harder to adapt. Thing, but 
what's what's interesting about that is I still come back to the same things, which is we're in a really human uh, industry still. Um, and so part of that humanity is expressed. Uh, I see the expressions of that humanity and, and, and I relate that to social intelligence is that events have come back in a big way. Um, and yes. they haven't come back because there's some like charitable experience. Everyone wants to get <laughs> together and have a good time. It's because they're real opportunities to network, get new ideas. Um, and that's really the key, which is, is getting, you know, getting chance to network, get new ideas and get the opportunity to, to, you know, do business development and sales at that kind of level. Um, exactly. And then I, th I think the other thing that's really interesting from a human standpoint is, is the most successful companies today. You know, we have this notion of SaaS where people create a product and ideally they create a product that's, um, has a global market. Um, and, you know, because, th you know, there's fewer, there's fewer issues with borders, there's fewer issues with hiring people, there's fewer issues with, with, you know, we can bail anywhere in the world now. So we have business opportunities in a way that we, we've never been able to, to achieve this scale at this velocity ever before. Uh, so that's a really unique thing. And so that's on a product level, on bringing a product together. But the most successful companies are able to combine that with great branding and in the, the the branding when i think about branding now we thought about branding when i went to school we thought about like colors <laughs> and symbols yeah. and stuff like that i think branding now is yeah those are elements of brand but the real part of the brand is the customer experience the real yes. part of the brand is the onboarding the real part of the brand is having content that doesn't talk about your problems or about your product but about your customer problems and so organizations that are very successful doing that have a high level of social intelligence, have a high level of humanity um, and empathy and are really quite human organizations. So there, there's a lot of things that have been going on. Um, and, and I think that's one of the reasons. Um, also, it's a really interesting time because we see AI is coming on so strong. Yes. And yet I kind of see AI just in an extension. So whatever Probably, values yeah. or you're reading or whatever you do, it's just the extension of, of you, your knowledge, like your humanity. Yeah, yeah, like a co-pilot. So it's a really interesting time. So I went on for a 10-minute rant there. <laughs> That's Sorry about that. but uh, <laughs> No, it is. I have one last question for you. Uh, let's not uh, make this too long, but uh, it's already been 30 minutes. I know you do the interviews uh, really long for your uh, SaaS radio. Okay. <laughs> but ours you is can a bit... Cut it. You can cut it down if you want. No, no problem. No, no, you have no, my no. permission. I, I really enjoyed all, all the conversation. Uh, but I wanted to ask you, what are your top three favorite uh, SaaS products that you use? Oh wow, that's that's really that's a really interesting question. So um, um, my former role before Johnny and I up was a marketer, um, and I still do a little bit of stuff on the side. Uh, my mo my mom's an author, and so she's published a book, and so I manage her stuff. So I I gotta say HubSpot. Um, so I think HubSpot's just an amazing product w w that fits an amazing need, um, and but also, you know, if you know the story of HubSpot, their content strategy behind it talking about the problems and help it and they just they just nailed it as far as that and, and if you know the story of their international expansion they never made a plan to go internationally people called them from other countries saying we need what you have um well. so probably that uh last pass which is my password manager because i don't know about you but i can't get in i, I feel increasingly locked out <laughs> Uh, of everything, yep. and I 
And I think my newest one is ChatGPT. Of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ChatGPT, it's like, I, I mean, I wouldn't ever take anything from ChatGPT and directly publish that. But boy, for structure, for ideas, and for a foundation, it's really great. And then I think uh, to tune it in and make it more human. Uh, absolutely. Exactly, exactly. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. Is there anything else that you want to say on, uh, on today's episode? No, just thank you. And I think you're doing a great job. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm All right. See you at uh, B2B Rocks. <laughs> okay, see you then. Bye.